0: Fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air, who knows. Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. I'm going to make the assumption that everybody out there has at least heard of Caravana, even if you've never used them, and I celebrate you if you've avoided the pitfall that it is. I'm going to talk about Caravana, because it ties to my experience. And that's going to be my story today. As I share the experience and hopefully help others avoid the nonsense that I was dealing with. So, just to give you some preface here 2019, early 2019, I end up going to Oregon for a job opportunity that was a catastrophic mistake. Regardless, I end up going to Oregon. I drove it from Colorado to Oregon. It was a very intriguing drive. If you've never driven in any of the states that I'm going to mention, I celebrate your ability to have avoided this nonsense. And for me, it was the best way to get my stuff over and get relocated and hopefully start a new journey that was going to be a good thing. And it turned out to be a nightmare, but I do the drive. And of course I pass through Wyoming. So I get into Wyoming and I'm deciding to hit up to a hotel for the night. So I don't driving in the pitch black. And if you don't know Wyoming, Wyoming gets really cold in the winter. Colder than any place I'd ever been. And I've been quite a few places in wintertime. And Wyoming is arguably the coldest I think I can recall myself. Now, of course, I haven't gone to Alaska. But uh, in terms of the contiguous states, as they're called, I think Wyoming arguably is the top. And, you know, again, I'm coming from Colorado. Even Colorado was not. It was just a level of cold snap that I had never experienced. Having been in icy places, snowy places, blizzards and everything else, Wyoming just... There was no snowfall. It was just cold, frigid cold. You shiver the moment you step out from indoors. So I pull into this, what I'm pretty sure was a travel lodge in Wyoming. And this was a mistake, but you know, everybody remembers the commercial travel lodge. Doo, doo, doo. So I figured, sure, why not? Pull into this travel lodge. And it's, it's, I won't say it's the worst hotel I've been in. That's not true, but it's pretty darn bad. And I might've told the story in one of the early, early episodes, but I'll repeat it because we have, Possibly some new listeners. So I had checked into this hotel at the time. There was an app called Hipmunk, and it was great. They changed it. It's not the same. It's garbage now, but back then from Hipmunk, you could book a hotel and it was booked. It was done. They charged your card. It was done. You go get the keys and go. Of course, this is in an era prior to the pandemic now. So I had gone ahead and did what I needed to do. Got it all situated and all this. And, and I get in I get the keys from the night um, porter, go to the room. The hallways, it's just, I'm parked around the back and the door in the back is not fobbed. Like it's wide open. Anybody can walk in there, homeless or killers or who knows, whatever. It's gotta be like 2 a.m. I'm thinking. And I just need to sleep for like a few hours so I can get on the road. Hallways are all gritty and horrible. There's rolled up rugs and all sorts of discarded stuff in the hallway, right? Get to the room, the door is one of those industrial type doors, you know, like you might see in like a warehouse or something. It doesn't look like a homely type feel. I go in, inside, so the the bathrooms to the immediate right. Inside the bathroom, it looked like something was trying to escape from inside. Like there was all these scrape marks. You could tell, like it I I felt like I was at a crime scene here. So it looked like something was trying to scrape its way out. And it's not, I knew it wasn't a pet because it's like up, it's high. Like I can't, even the largest dog I can think of would never have been able to reach that high. So I knew it had to be a human for some reason trying to get out of this. So, okay. The the tub is not clean. So already I'm a little bit nervous, but I need to sleep this off. There's a, one of those wall, and I can't stand these, the wall heater, air conditioner combo. I turn on the heater. It did actually work, but it's loud. I got to deal with it because I got to get some sleep. So I get in bed. The mattress is reasonably comfortable. So I figure, okay, as long as I can do this, I don't have to worry about it. I'm sleeping. And then all I can remember, and I'm some of it's vague, but all I can remember is waking up and feeling what felt like something a picture if you had like a pet and it was like nudging you along your lower back. That's what it felt like. I'm laying in bed now. So I knew something's in the freaking mattress. So I get up, I look, I don't see any like a like a hump or anything, it looks normal, but I know what I felt. I'm not crazy and I was not dreaming because I could have sleep because of the noise. So I'm like, okay, screw this, whatever, you can have the room because this ain't worth this business. Drop off the key, she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, no, whatever, your mattress is screwed, I'm not doing this business. So I left, I just, I said, screw it, I'll just drive it. And then I was able to get to a different hotel. So I drive through there, I drive through, in this case, uh, Idaho. And I'm driving through Idaho, I'm driving through Utah, I'm driving through all these. And as I'm going through, I'm stopping at different places to get gas, right? Well, in Idaho, there's this gas station and I'm used to just, I usually I'll carry cash and then I'll just say, here's 20 bucks or something. This time I figured, you know, fine, I'll just go ahead and give my debit card and be done with this business. So I'm, as I'm going through now in Idaho, it's like the very bottom part area. I stop at the gas and he's like, we don't take a debit card here, dude, dude. And I'm like, dude, what? What do you mean? You know, like, no debit card, dude, dude. Uh, shoot. So I don't have credit card because I purposely don't do it. So, and I didn't have cash. So I had to go to ATM, get nailed with a fee just to pay this dude. And fine. So then I go through Utah. Now with Utah, it was a different thing. If you look on a map, you can see this too. There's a city Quote unquote city called Snowville, Utah. And it lives up to the name depending on when you drive through this business. Because as I was going, it's like a, it's got to be like a 10, 15 mile stretch with nothing out there, no civilization. It's not like mountains, it's just a flat road. You're coming down off a mountain as you come out from Idaho. But after that, it's a flat. And then you hit Snowville and it's just nothing. There's nothing out there, absolutely nothing. You can't, there's no gas. So if you, you know, I had a hybrid, so I wasn't worried about it. And the fact that it was a hybrid is part of my story. But the, if you're in a regular gas vehicle, there's nothing out there. And mind you, the concept of call boxes was not common in the north, right? That was a California thing and to a lesser degree in Nevada. And then they started ripping them out, which I thought was a mistake. And I couldn't get any signal out there either. And I was using Google Fi, which has pretty much access to all the carrier signals. And I still couldn't get any signal. So I'm a little bit freaked out because there's nothing out here. I go, I get to Oregon's part, and that's when I realize, oh, geez, I can't pump my own gas, and I'm dealing with that nonsense. I get in, get settled. Okay, fine, I'm here. I dealt with the issues with that hotel that's down there with the racist lady and all this. And it was a nightmare. It was a mistake. The company was totally misleading what they said, and I was only there for four months, collected a check, and did nothing. You might have heard me say on my endeavors, you know, like it's a free check, but the difference is I'm, I'm respected. They listen when they do ask me, it's not like I'm just sitting there doing nothing. They do ask for my contributions. I am asked for work or, you know, asked to do work. It's just that it doesn't take me that long. That's different than this where they literally wouldn't let me work. They wouldn't let me do anything and they wouldn't let me work from home, even though there was nothing for me to do in the office. So it was was different. It was horrible. I leave four months later. I start up my own business. I realized, okay, my clients in California that I got, I started that client in August. So I was going off funds for about four months, California. So I'm taking the train down there because I had taken the train when I was a kid. I remember doing it at least once, but I don't remember where we went or anything about it. And I wanted to do it again. So I take the train. There's a train depot right there in the city I was at. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. You go there. There's no TSA. You're not getting fondled. You're not getting groped. There's no lines. You just get right on the dang train. And then a porter comes by and he'll check your, you know, your uh, ticket, whether paper or phone, it doesn't matter. And I always get a room and the room was, uh, it was pretty expensive, but it's a room. I have a room myself. I have a bed to myself. There's room service and it's part of the fee. Like it's the best experience you can think of. And I'm loving this, right? So I take the train to get to the, the client on the, I think it was like two or three months I would go down there. Then I realized, you know what, let's just move closer to the client. And so I'll drive down closer to the client, but I refuse to live in California because they're jacked up. So I figure, okay, it's got to be Arizona or Nevada. In hindsight, I probably should have picked Arizona. However, I don't know that it would have mattered, but I think I should have picked Arizona. There is a different prospect out there that might have worked. I instead picked Nevada. It turned out to be a mistake, but it is what it is. Live and learn. I'm in Nevada and I'm driving to the client and it's pretty cool. You go over the mountains. It's like a four and a half hour drive. It's pretty bad if it's like heavy rain or if it's snowing, that's pretty intense. But other than that, it's not that bad during parts of the year. So that's cool. I'm saving on all this because my hybrid, I can make a whole trip there on a single $20 bill. It's, it's that cool. And I don't have to do the hotel. I don't have to, I'm there in four hours if I need to be. And I have my own car, which means I'm on transportation. I save on rentals. I'm, I'm living it up, right? So then I said, now we're in 2020, early 2020. I signed my second deal in April or late March. And I have the first one, everything seems good. Then pandemic really starts to ramp up. We're locking stuff down. Well, when I was in Oregon, one of the things that I was concerned about in the future and the driving and everything, now that I'm going to be closer to the client is I want a car that I don't have to do smog checks on a more frequent basis when you're in California. And I think even Nevada, They make you smog every other year. I'm like, come on, I'm in a hybrid. Give me a break. So I get this plug-in electric in 2016 year, plug-in electric, hoping they wouldn't have the frequent freaking smog. It didn't work, but I figured I would trade in. So in Oregon, before I came down here, I had traded my 2013 Fusion Hybrid on a 2016 Fusion Energy, which is plug-in. And I don't regret it from the drive here because pretty much I hardly had to fill up at all because it was mostly downhill coming from Oregon down through California and then down through Nevada. It's mostly downhill. So the regenerative brakes would keep the battery charged every other time. It's like a 20 every now and then to fill up gas. I think I only filled up maybe three times that whole drive of a $20 bill. When I say fill up quote unquote, just put a 20 in three times. That's not bad for how far I went. So I had this 2016 pandemic hits. And because of the pandemic hit my second client that I had signed at the time it's a hospital. They backed off the IT spend. So now they can't pay me. It's not that they canceled anything. They couldn't pay me. I would learn later something that I'll probably talk about on, you know, maybe next week's episode. Cause I want to share a story <laughs> that I learned about the, this client and it's all this whole full circle. Anyhow, I still have the first client. They're starting to play games with this whole unconscious bias and all this garbage when I don't work for them. And so now And then they started saying, you know, because of the pandemic, we're cutting spend, so we don't want you to drive out here because we have to pay you uh, for the travel expenses. So so I'm working from home. So there was no real reason for me that now being in Oregon was bad enough that I'm happy to be out of it, but now I'm in Nevada, not really happy because Nevada's got its own issues that I would start seeing over time, and I'm not really needing to go anywhere. Now I'm working from home, so money's stacking pretty good. I I work with the government. I get all this because it's a business. I work with the government, get all my stuff, do all this. And then I hired two people, two young kids out of college. And we're trying to work together on a new marketing plan, a new ramp up strategy to hit the ground running with the expectation that the pandemic would end in the end of 2021, or excuse me, 2020. That was the plan. I was not having any major issues because of the government working with me and with the money I had stacked up. But when the first endeavor start playing these games. I had to cut them off. So now I don't have any income coming. And the plan was to try to find another client. I found tons of prospects. They all wanted me to come into an office. Now you got to remember 2020 was where they were basically saying, no, lockdowns, you need to and allow people to work from home. These were not having, it. it's like, no, we're forcing you to be here. We're forcing you to do this. And I'm like, no, I will not do this. All you're doing is contributing to the spread at the end of the day. That's what you're doing. So I went that whole span of 2021 then with no new client. I had to let go of the two kids I had. I gave them pay because I didn't want them to cut off. I gave them adequate notice and I gave them pay in the whole nine. And of course that cut into funds, but I was projecting I'm not going to have income for this long and I don't know when this is going to end. So let me just go ahead and let them go now and give them some a little bit of money to carry them over so I can find something else. Cause it would be easier for them to find something else because they're young. Let's be honest. So, now 2021 comes in there, and I'm still paying on the 2016 car, and you're like, oh, "That's a lot." It's because it basically I traded the 2013, so I did a balance rollover, and then I had the 2016 and had a balance already. I did do a down payment, but not a significant, like a major amount down. But I did do a down. But there's still this equity, negative equity situation. Now I'm questioning. Okay, should I keep paying for this freaking car because it's not like I can use it because during the span of this time, I, they could they wouldn't let you go anywhere. You can go to like drive throughs and stuff. And I did actually have to go to the DMV, which was a joke. And I did have to go to the courthouse, which was a joke. But other than that, you couldn't really do much. So my car basically sat there and I'm working from home. I had the same situation in my house up in Washington. The difference there is that you pretty much had to drive places because it wasn't where I was living. It wasn't easy to get delivery of anything. And Amazon was nowhere near as efficient, believe it or not. So Okay, now I'm like, should I keep paying this hundreds per month on this car? That's a 2016 car. And I'm at some point, I just said, let's just let it go. And I called the bank and said, come get your stuff. Come get your car. Don't you want to work with us on the deep, deep? No, come get your car. It's cool. And they took the car and then mailed me a check for $4,000. So although there was negative equity on the car, the truth is this is right around the time used cars started to be in high demand, especially that car because it was in good condition, number one. It had perfect tint, number two. It had very low mileage, number three. I think I was on the second owner, number four. And then it's a plug-in electric. Basically, it's a hybrid, but it's plug-in capable. So it's like the, one of the highest-demand cars. And Ford, in their idiocy, discontinued that model. So it's like really high demand. So they were able to pay off the rest of the loan and still pay me $4,000 because by law, if they sell it, they have to sell it and work hard to sell it. And if they make a profit, I get the profits. So I made 4000 bucks doing nothing other than letting go of a car that was in the negative equity situation. So I'm thinking, okay, that buys me a little time, plus now I can reset and figure out what I'm going to do with this. Now, we're in Biden territory, and they made it, as in Biden administration, made it harder to work with the government. Everything was harder. The stuff's there, but you can't work with them. They put all hoops in place, ostensibly for fraud. Now I'm wondering, okay, that's not going to work. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And I was tap dancing for a minute, right? Fast forward, we get to 2022 and I'm, I'm on my last legs, virtually last legs. I signed my first endeavor that I'm currently working with and everything starts to recover, but now I'm kind of working from behind. I have to catch up on certain things and I'm still not fully caught up on other stuff, but for the most part, I'm in stable mode now. Well, now fast forward, I had signed my second endeavor that signed in September. It started paying in October. The second endeavor pays me perfectly. Even though there's tax, it's still perfect pay the way I want. First Endeavor doesn't pay as much, but it got me to this point. Now I have enough money stacked up where I don't have to think about it. And I'm trying to get out of Nevada and I finally find a company. And I told a story about how renting is broken. It's broken in the United States. This company is right what I expected It's pretty much you got the money. You're good to go. That's the way it should be. And it's a decently nice place. It's not a house like I'm in now, but it's a decently nice place. It's pretty darn new. Um, They seem to take pride on keeping it in good shape. I'm going to lose a couple of things. Like I won't get direct package delivery, but I figure it's better than where I'm at because Nevada's bad enough. I'm willing to sacrifice now to just get out of here. And then I can figure out, you know, maybe I buy a house or something later. So now I have to figure out how to get up to that place. I'm not disclosing where it is, but suffice to say it is in the central time zone. So it's on the other side of the Rockies and it's in the central time zone. And it's away from this garbage. No more West Coast states. So at least there I'm kind of in a good spot. They welcome lawns. People tell stories about, geez, I need to get out there and mow my lawn. And it's like, wow, they're actually welcoming you to have a lawn. I love this. But now i got to figure out how to get out there. So I mapped out a plan, which was I would rent a car, drive up to Colorado, to Denver basically, and then take the train from there to my destination because there's a straight shot train to get over there. Sounds perfectly fine. And it would work. The only flaw in my thought process was if I do that, I'm basically burning two and a half days because I've got to do the drive to get to Denver from where I'm at is minimum one day easily. The train's going to be minimum day and a half, if not two days. I don't mind being the train, but I have to burn three days. So I book a hotel and I had some expiring points with Hilton. So I'm like, all right, I'll use the points. It ate up one day and then I book two days. So the hotel's taken care of when I get there, I'll just book a hotel across the three days that I'm, uh, you know, after I get there for three days to get settled in there, get my stuff up there. So I'm basically going to be traveling that entire first week of January. Basically. Now, as I was thinking it through, I'm like, well, I can do this. And that would work. But I still have the challenge of how do I get my stuff up there? And you're like, what? I have my stuff in storage containers, U-Haul, U-Box. I'll use that or I'll use um, U-Pack, which is UB, uh, ABF. I like UPAC because they have better containers. The price is usually lower. The problem with UPAC is it's move only. Whereas U-Box, you can store it and then you can move it when you're ready, but their boxes are crap. Well, I was struggling. Do I do the U-Pack and just kind of brute force it or do I do the U-Box? I called the place. They said, yeah, you can't have the containers on par- our parking. There's not enough room. Deep, deep, deep. And so now I can't use the containers. So now that throws a wrench in my plans and now I got to figure out what to do. So this basically decided for me that I, I can't take the train route because I'm not, I, I could, I could do it, but then I'm, I had to put all my stuff in there cause I won't have a way to ship it up there. Now on the train, you can take a lot of stuff, but I can't take like my computer stuff and that, you know? So I figured, okay, I got to buy a car. Fine. I decided I was just going to buy it straight out cash and not worry about it. I contacted a couple of dealers. They had pretty good deals and I was ready to buy I had cash on hand or in the bank at least. Didn't call me back. I had one call me back. Yeah, we sold that car. Deep, 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 That was a waste of time. Craigslist I was sketchy about because you can't know if the car is in any decent shape. And I wanted to have some review done of the car before I go and that, pull that trigger. So I I had done Carvana. This is where my story starts now. Even though it's 20 minutes, I needed to preface it. I go to Carvana. They have a car and it's basically another Fusion, but it's nicer. It's got all the stuff and the price is decent. And I'm going to finance it and I'll just basically pay it off in a month. So I go through the financing. Here's my problem with Carvana, right? So you'd go through this and they claim in all their stuff that it's all online. That's a lie. It's not true. I'll tell you why. So I go through all this, you get to the end and it'll say, it does your identity verification. it does all this checks and all this and says, yep, you're approved and you just need to pay the deposit. You got three ways to do it. It's a cashier's check, wire transfer or ACH. If you know wire transfers and hopefully you do, wire transfers are instant. They are literally within minutes of you doing a send. ACH can be next day if you push it. But if it, if they pull it from you, it takes a week sometimes. So it's better to push. Every bank will tell you, always push ACH so that there's no delay in the process. Carvana doesn't let you do a push ACH. It's always a pull. So that's the longest, slowest. If you do a wire transfer, they have minimum two days, which makes no sense to me because it's a wire. Even if I wanted to, the bank that the funds are in now are... That bank does not support wire. At the time I first did this, and it'll make sense in a second. At the time I first did it, it was in a bank that did support it. But the two days means I can't get the card delivered when I want. <laughs> so they, but if you do a cashier's check and take a photo of the front and back of the thing, they'll happily deliver when you want. I don't know if anybody's paying attention elsewise than me, but banks, physical banks are closing. I did one episode on this physical banks are closing. That makes it harder to get cashier's checks. Like we might've done before. So that's not online. That's a manual step. That's not online. Electronic translate, uh, transactions would be truly online. So I backed out of it because I wasn't going to do it. Fast forward, I've collected more money now, and i decided to revisit the process again. Look at CarVan again, go through. It's a different vehicle now, and I'll probably do a different episode on this vehicle, probably after I get it maybe, but I get a different vehicle. And this time, instead of getting the car I really want, which is the Fusion, I get this other car because it's it's got more space for me to drive stuff up. So now I'm thinking, okay, I can actually transport more stuff up with me than I was able to do before. So now I don't have to worry. I can actually do the U-Box and not worry about it because most of the stuff I don't need day one. Anything I need day one, I can probably fit in this dude. It's a, it's an SUV, which I can't stand SUVs, but in this case, it's a nice enough one that I'm willing to give it a pass and I'm willing to be open-minded and I'm older. I'm an old man. so. I get this and this time it does the same thing. It does the same three options and I call them and I'm telling them, look, I need you to do an ACH, but I want to push it to you. So it saves time. We can't do ACH. Okay. So what do I do here? Cause you're asking me to pay you in 24 hours. And I can't do that. If I'm, there's not going to be a cashier's check. There's no physical bank. What do you do? And this gal, she did a great job. She basically said, okay, let me clean up the app. Let me fix everything. Let me get it all finalized. All good. Your delivery date's fine. All published. Let's go ahead and do the pull ACH. I'll tell them we need to get it done by the 30th and that'll get you on deck for your delivery date, which is the 2nd of January. And the reason I needed it by the 2nd is that I need to do the test drive, kick the tires, drive it for a little bit, make sure it's good. There's a seven day return window. So I want to have the time to try it, make sure it's what I want. And then there is actually another vehicle that I'd be okay with, but this one I'm hoping is going to be good enough that I can be, you know, working with it. Then I need to look at the tires because if the tires are not high enough quality, I have to order. There's a brand of tires that I normally get from tirerack.com. Shoot out kudos to them, I've been using them for years. Where it, they're all seasons, but they're rated for snow, they're rated for ice, they're rated for rain. And I usually get these amazing <laughs> tires. I've had them on multiple cars at this point, I can't do without them. So I have to order those and then get them installed. And then I have to get tint on the windows because the car is not tinted for sun. Cause I'm really sensitive to bright sun. Well, so there's a lot I have to do. So the seconds when I really need it. So I told her it's gotta be, it's got to be here by the second so I can do everything else I need to do. She's like, no, I got you covered. I'll take care of it. I'll set the due date for the payment to be the 30th. So that'll give us time to get it in. And then we'll, we'll get the due the uh, delivery for the second. Of course we're in, inclement weather. So that may or may not happen, but she seems to think it's pretty confident. But the point, and I gave her the feedback to her leadership is I'm having to call you. You're, you're telling people that this is an online process that you can do it all online. That's not true. If apparently you have to call somebody, it's fine. But the point is tell people, no, let's just do this part of the process on the phone so that they know. And in a perfect world, fix your online to where I can do a push ACH to you, that's next day. It's faster than everything else that you've got. It doesn't make sense to require a cashier's check when you know that banks are closing. Like, just tell your leadership, you're on the cusp of something, but you got to get rid of all this noise and all this garbage. And then long-term, I wanted to just buy the car cash out. It doesn't let you do delivery if you do that. You have to go pick it up. Normally, that wouldn't be a problem. But what I learned is that out here, the inventory is garbage. They don't have any of the good cars out here. All they have out here are, you know, ghetto cars that people wrecked in some accident and got rebuilt. So that are salvage titles or their mileage is like 200 some odd thousand for a five-year-old car. Like it, they're just, it's the lowest dreck of the dreck. I've never seen inventory so poor as when I came out here. Even when I was in Washington, the inventory was way better than what it was. Washington's where I bought the uh, 2013 Fusion fantastic. I went to a great dealership down there. It was a great car, great experience, tons of supply and inventory. I was just picky, but in, yeah. And that's another reason I don't like it here in Nevada. It just seems like everything is trash. Everything is garbage. They'll tell you to rip your lawn out. You got HOA cops running around. There's no aid whatsoever for people. It's like just to go today. I went to go get some cash out for the travel. Cause when I travel, I have to carry cash in the wallet because you never know. So I I'm, I go down and the banks, the ATMs are minimum, if you're walking are minimum 15 minutes away. And you're like, well, that's not far. It is when you're dealing with inclines, up, downs, multiple uh, blocks, you have to cross the street. you got dangerous drivers. Like there's all sorts of reasons why you really don't want to be walking for 15 minutes went away. You don't. Now I have an electric scooter. So that helped. I was able to eat it and cut half the time. That's great. The point is, I'm more used to having close access to these things than I currently do. When I was a kid down in San Diego, yeah, I probably didn't care, but that's because we were dealing with a quieter walk of life. We didn't have anywhere near the danger (laughs) that I'm at. I'm on a, my place right now borders a major street. It's a major street that has tons of accidents. And if you know anything about Nevada, it's a very dangerous place to be, which goes to my final point and then I'll wrap up. So I get this car, allegedly all finalized, good to go. Well, I have to get insurance now. And unfortunately, things have changed since the last time I needed to buy insurance. When I was in California, I would do Wabanisa, religiously. Loved Wabanisa. Shout out to them. They used to be in Nevada. They pulled out of Nevada because there's so many accidents out here. So they only do California, Oregon, and Canada, which is weird. So I can't use Wabanisa. I've used a state farm before. They wouldn't give me a quote. I've used Nationwide before. They wouldn't give me a quote. I've used Geico before they wouldn't give you a quote. Okay. I've used travelers. I didn't want to go with them again. Cause I think they're garbage. So that left me with, and then I did a search and it left me with the general who I've used before shout out to them. Cause not only did they give me the quote, they came in cheaper than everybody else. And it was easier to get it all done. So the insurance gets done, but I had to pay for Nevada insurance, even though I'm only going to be here a week. And then I have to redo the rewrite the policy. Cause when I go to the new place, they, had, they write it based on the state because it's all about the stats of the state. So I'm going to have to do it all over again. There's no other option, but I have to pay hundreds of dollars for the insurance because I have to have it in order to take possession of the car. I'm not worried about the money of it. I'm frustrated about the fact that the timing of this is so squirrely, all because the initial Carvana thing fell out. Because if the Carvana thing, when I wanted to do it, had gone forward, that was in November, I believe, I wouldn't have had to scramble. It would have been all set and all good to go. In hindsight, though, I wouldn't have had the room in order to pack everything I needed for day one. So it's a gift and a curse in a way. But my point is, Carvana, I I know they're not going to listen to this, but Carvana, if you ever do choose to use them for any reason, I think they they've got potential, but they need work. There's a lot of work needed to be done. At the end of it, I do think that they could be the next best way to purchase a car if they cleaned up some of their garbage, and of course I am I work technology and I work business process improvement. If somebody, someone from Carvana did happen to hear this, I would love to help them because there's, they're right on the cusp of it. If they would just allow people to pay online, no matter what, I can ACH and send you money through ACH. That solves the last part of the gap. If I want to pay the car off like total cash, I should still be able to do delivery. Get it to where it's completely online, 100% and there is not this break where I have to call somebody to get it over the finish line and Carvana I think is at least the initial phases of what car buying should be. Anybody that's bought a car at any point knows you go in there and they'll swear up and down. You're only going to be there an hour and you're there for three minimum every time. And it's a scam because they don't really need to have you there for three. They want to keep you there to browbeat you into buying the car and going forward. That's why they take your license when they don't really need to. We know the game but we need the car at the end of the day. And sometimes we really want the car and we want to work it out, but the three hours is a joke. They could get it done in an hour at most if they really want it to, they don't really want to Carvana takes all that away. And so I'm giving them kudos for the fact that they're at least close to it, but I'm criticizing them for that last mile part that has to be manual. That shouldn't be where we should be able to streamline that part too and get it to where it's a cleaner process overall. Beyond that, I have to see what the car looks like when it shows up. And like I said, I'll do a episode specifically around the car because I do want to talk about the aftermath of this. Once I got past this pain of Carvana's process, how was that process and what was the car like and did I enjoy the car? Was I safely able to get to where I'm going? Did everything work out? And then I'll share those thoughts with everybody on here uh, and hopefully, again, somebody is listening from Carvana that will take the advice of somebody who can help them get that last mile and then they have the opportunity to change the game. And guess what? Now's the time. Because if you're talking about used cars, used cars are going to continue to be in demand the more we try to ban gas vehicles. Because the truth is, you're not going to do these types of interstate drives in an all-electric vehicle. It's never going to happen. That was one of the motivators for me to try to get at least a hybrid to make sure I could always have access to good old-fashioned Texas tea. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at CasualTalkRadio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care and I will see you on our next upload.